again and welcome to episode 15 of In Gear with the Shop. I'm your host, Reagan Dickinson. Our guest today, Terry Cargis, is executive director of the world, if not solar system famous, Peterson Automotive Museum on Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles. Terry has an extensive background in automotive and motorsports, including 17 years with Roush Performance. Let's go ahead and get In Gear with Terry to get the latest scoop from the Peterson Museum. Appreciate you uh, joining us today. So let's talk about. Just give me kind of. Can you give me a brief overview of the history and background and mission of the Peterson Museum? Peterson was founded in '94 by Robert E. Peterson, who, as a very young man, founded a, a publishing empire by starting off with a, a little book called Hot Rod Magazine. Mm-hmm. Actually, Hot Rod Magazine was born from a show that he was hired to promote out here. There was a guy named Madman Munts who wanted to uh, promote a car show. And this was a guy that was one of the first salesmen on TV who's screaming and yelling, selling big appliances. Right. Um, <laughs> but but Munts hired Peterson to, to promote it. Well, Peterson was going out to aftermarket shops. So the origins of us are right into the aftermarket. Peterson would go to the to the guys, you know, the, you name them, all of the, the real hot rod guys. And they didn't know how to write copy and they didn't know how to take pictures of what they were doing. So Peterson, you know, in need of making it happen, did it for them. Well, at the end of the, of the show, he had discovered that he had a book that he had produced for the show, but was the origins of, hey, this is something. Maybe I've got something here. And you could talk to these guys, you know, Ed Pinks of the world, the Edelbrocks of the world, and they would tell you that, you know, I was selling stuff over the counter and the guys in L.A. would come by because hot rod culture was really born here. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I'm getting orders from guys in Ohio and Pennsylvania because this guy was putting these books out called Hot Rod. Anyway, he built an empire, opened the museum in 94 as a part of the Natural History Museum here in L.A. They actually put up some of the money. Peterson put up most of the money Mm. so that it would be named the Peterson. And they operated it, I think it was about seven years, but it didn't do what they thought it was going to do. They thought it'd be a gold mine. They were going to have all this money coming in, and that was not happening. So Peterson took it private. He operated it, not really much changed at all in the in the museum on any of the floors. They had two major galleries, and those exhibits changed out hopefully once a year. And then I got a call from Bruce Meyer in 2012, who was had actually served as the chairman of the museum for the first 10 years, still is today the vice chair or one of the vice chairs. And he said, it's time for a change. We need to do something. So they brought me in in August of 2012. It was one of those great weeks. I came in, supposed to start on Monday, came in Saturday, came in Sunday, came in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We drove up to Monterey for the Monterey Car Week, Pebble Beach. And on Sunday, I'm sitting in the Henry Ford 52 uh, Ferrari Barchetta, getting a trophy on the stand at Pebble. And I'm thinking, hey, this is going to 
to be cool. We can do this. Yeah. But in January of that year, uh, we brought in uh, Peter Mullen as the chairman. Uh, we closed the building in October of uh, 2014 and reopened in December of 2015, 14 months later, mm-hmm. after a $95 million transformation. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about everything changed. We gutted the interior, started all over again put on an exterior that's won architectural awards. Since then, we've been named best museum in the world twice over the past five years by a panel of 25 international judges in London. And we've had a good run. I'm very excited about the team that we've been able to put together, blessed with the single best board of directors in the automotive world, bar none. It's a, an expression of passion, desire, creativity. We've got a bunch of really good car people that love cars in all forms with origins in hot rodding. And we still have one of the best hot rod and custom collections anywhere in the world. So what is it about the Peterson Museum that garners that kind of attention that makes it an award winner? Probably a couple of different ways to answer that. But I will say that from the moment I came in to the museum, we looked at operating the the museum as a business. Mm -hmm. And I was in the theme park business early in my career for 12 years. So creating shows and promoting, relying heavily on promotion has been a a really significant part of our efforts. Uh, Actually, the first move I made when I got here back in 2012 was to hire Dan Kahn at Kahn Media, who's also a board member at SEMA Mm -hmm. and a a heavy-duty aftermarket hot rod guy himself. And the idea was we didn't have any money to promote, but we're going to talk to everybody in the car world and make sure that every niche of the car culture and the car world felt this was their home that there, there was a place for them here. And we have 11 different exhibit spaces or galleries in the museum, and we change those out every year. Mm-hmm. So on a rotating basis, you can come back a couple of times a year and still see something brand new, And but also reaching the various parts of the world. One of the great moments in here was uh, when we opened the the Lowrider exhibit a couple of years ago, and it was adjacent to the gallery that had the Bugatti exhibit in. And we had guys coming in to see the the Lowrider exhibit wearing zoot suits and some really great wardrobe stuff. And yet they were next door posing for pictures in front of the Bugattis. Essentially, we were honoring what we felt were the most beautiful cars in the world. And it doesn't matter which gallery you're in, your your stuff was there. A funny experience that, uh, and I think that helps also answer this question of, you know, what makes us uh, likable or why do people like the museum? James Hetfield called one day. And, and his guys called and said, James is thinking about breaking up his collection. Lead singer um, Metallica. Yep. And a really, really wonderful guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, said, well, you know, we'd like people to see the cars. And so we're thinking about sending you one. And I said, well, why send me one? Why would you break up the collection? Why not keep the collection together? If you'll do that, we'll host an exhibit of all of the cars together and make it a, a very big deal. And so James said, well, let me come down and take a look and see what we're doing. He came down during the Lowrider exhibit, and we were touring the exhibit. And one of the things that we did with the exhibit was to create opportunities for the Lowrider artists that couldn't have their cars in for them to create different pieces. 
One of the last things that we saw when uh, James was down visiting the entire museum was in the Lowrider exhibit. Mm. Came around the corner, and there was a picture of four tattoo artists on the wall. And he looked in the picture. He said, "Oh my God, those are my guys. <laughs> those are my guys." Yeah. And that that sealed the deal. I mean, it was one of those. Okay, if if there's a place at home here for these guys, I'm here too. This is all part of us. Yeah. And again, you know, next door we had the 70 year anniversary. Uh, tribute to Portia. So we want to make it something for everybody. You know, all are welcome. How many vehicles? Um, there's uh, about 370 in the collection, but mm-hmm. the the upstairs here in the museum on the exhibit halls, it's at uh, 150 at any given time. And those are not museum owned. Some of them might be, but each exhibit is telling a different story. So we're borrowing cars from all over the world to tell a specific story. Yeah. What's one of your favorite stories, so to speak? Is there an exhibit that you are particularly fond of? Well, actually, you know, frankly, the, the Lowrider exhibit was as good as any, but yeah. I, I think the Porsche exhibit happened about four years ago. Mm-hmm. It turned out that during the LA Auto Show, the uh, board of directors from Porsche was having, they decided to have a board meeting and they, they asked us for space, which we provided. And Bruce Meyer and I happened to be touring the museum just when that meeting broke. And Wolfgang Porsche came out of the room and we introduced ourselves. And 15 minutes later, it was like three 16-year-olds sharing pictures on their iPhones of their collection, their their favorite cars. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, and like it was an instant rapport. And that led to two years later to the 70th anniversary tribute uh, of Porsche. And we had 50 cars here from all over the world, the best of the best. And Wolfgang Porsche ended up joining as an honorary board member. It's been a wonderful relationship. We honored him at a gala. But it's, it's really story after story. A, a standing at our gala during an auction and a fellow that is a big fan of the museum and owns two universities himself, teaching schools, David Pyle, put up a huge amount of money and the auction was going really well as a matching fund. He says, you hit that goal and I'll double it. Mm. It's been people's generosity that is so terrific. Seeing little kids come in, and this has been really one of the really great parts of this job is we reached, even while we were closed this last year, 100,000 kids Mm. on virtual school education tours. But watching little kids come into the museum and see cars and then spot a full-size Lightning McQueen and they go hug them. I mean, it's just, (laughs) you know, it's everything. It really is. Well, you know, that's one of the big issues in the automotive aftermarket is getting kids involved in the automotive space, so to speak. And it sounds like y'all are doing that. And are there certain things that you do as far as youth outreach through the museum? We bus in uh, about 25,000 school kids a year mm-hmm. and give them tours through the museum. But we started a program actually with Roush a couple of years ago. We got a Mustang. They gave us a Mustang and parts. And we brought in 15 teenagers mm-hmm. from high school. And we did a 12-week session on Saturdays. These kids were so dedicated that during the 12-week period, two of them moved away. One moved to San Diego. We're in Los Angeles. And another one moved to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. The, the boy from San Diego drove up every Saturday morning. It was a three-hour drive. 
uh, to make sure he got here on time for class. The boy who moved to San Francisco flew down here every Saturday to make sure he, he attended the class. All 15 of the kids finished all 12 weeks of that. So this year, we're doing three cars. We're doing another Roush Mustang with Roush. Um, uh, we bought a 2014 Mustang, really a beautiful car, all black, and they're providing the parts to make it a stage three Mustang. But we're also building a, a, a Jeep that will be given away to the teenager who writes the best letter saying why that should be their first car. Now we're going to do a 250Z. We've got uh, several programs working now on that. And we're really proud of that effort. So it's a wonderful thing to, to see the kids get a chance to get their hands on a car, ask questions, and work with real experts. Absolutely. I mean, that kind of goes to some of the marketing initiatives that uh, you've employed during your time there at the Peterson Museum. And, you know, based on that experience and your past experience, are there things that you have done that can be translated to the shop level? In other words, you know, shops are looking for great ways to market themselves, at least to their local or regional potential prospects. Are there some things that they could be doing, whether it's an in-house event or something that they should be doing through social media? What have you seen as far as that? Are there certain things they can do to up their game? First and foremost, welcoming guests as they come in. As a customer, you know, you could be having a really bad day. Yeah. One of the first things we learned at, at Disneyland in the training when I worked there is that you could be a street sweeper working Main Street and you're going to get asked a thousand times, where's the bathroom? And, <laughs> yeah. and on that thousandth time, you might be fed up like, it's <laughs> over there. No, that's that customer, that guest's first time. Yeah. So thinking of them as guests first and foremost, and that we're glad you're here, welcoming them is one of the most important parts of any business and, you know, most parts of life. So that starts right at the front door. Yeah. Uh, in terms of being able to answer questions and have that information online and making it easy in today's world, if you're not, you're in trouble. You're not going to be as successful as you could be. In fact, we're about to launch a new website for ourselves uh, this weekend. Are you part of that uh, development of the website? I get to say I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, don't tell me what we can expect from the website. I mean, what were some of the things that y'all discussed that you decided, hey, I think we need to improve this. This is how we can improve usability. Were there certain specific things that we can expect from the website that wasn't there before that is based on making it more user-friendly? One of the things that, yeah, definitely one of the things that we're creating is a place for our members to be able to inform the other members that their car is for sale or they're looking for another car mm -hmm. as, a, as an opportunity, you know, that you don't always know what someone is looking for until they tell you. So how can we expand on that? There's a lot of, a lot of guys who have cars that they can sell, that they could sell to one another and save quite a bit of money. But then again, we work with all the auction houses too, and they've been wonderful for us and very generous. We'll have a place for folks to share their collections. Content is king. You have to create content on a different level like ours. We're out now doing uh, videos of private collections 
collections of cars that you would never see otherwise mm-hmm. and, and putting it up. We've got almost 160 of them in the can now. One of the things that because of COVID, you've got a lot of people at home looking for things to see and content. When the world shut down last year, we had determined already that we need to expand what we were doing in the content generation, got board approval to go ahead with that. Consequently, when the COVID came and the lockdown came, two days after that, we were providing virtual tours through the vault. Uh, which is one of the most popular features of the of the museum because mm-hmm. it's a it's a virtual car show of 250 cars. But that we recreated Car Week in Monterey uh, on the web, and then we've done we do cruise ins every month, which is people sharing their cars a, a two minute video of their a walk around of their car. One of the goals in us expanding our content or our uh, web activity was that we wanted to reach out beyond Los Angeles. 80% of our attendance is generated from L.A. County. Mm-hmm. And we felt we need to go beyond that, of course. Yep. Now 60% of our, our viewers are from out of the country. So it's been a real success. But again, to answer your question, if a shop owner has something that they do that is special, that is unique, start to work on that, highlight that, promote that. People love that. And if you're particularly skilled at something, what are you talking about? And tell people about that. Do you go to shows? Do you do you do, go to the cruise-ins? Are you out mixing with the people in the industry that are making things happen? Yeah. What, what events do y'all have coming up that are virtual? I know the cruising is coming up. Is that correct? Yes, we've got the one coming up at the end of the month. Uh, I think submissions are due by the 21st. We have another Porsche event coming up. We're going to be doing a rally. Uh, we're starting to develop rallies uh, where we put some of our members or our friends together. Actually, one of the fun things we're going to do is take eight to 10 museum cars and take them up to uh, just below Pismo Beach up the coast so that we can actually drive them and put our foot in them. They're like a, a Packard flat out or the Steve McQueen Jag XKSS flat out getting on some open road stuff that promises to be fun. But, you know, no one's ever seen those cars driven with great exuberance, I guess. Right. What's your favorite vehicle in the collection and why? Oh, boy. I think it, from just the value of the, uh, not the dollar value, but the value of the story, the Steve McQueen Jag XKSS, mm-hmm. you know, it was one of, of uh, I think, 18 that were built when Jaguar quit racing the, the D-Jags after conquering Le Mans two years in a row, I think first, second, and third, they were no longer going to build them as race cars. So they decided, well, we'll build them as street cars. They took the big fin off of the back. And after they finished production on this particular car, the factory burnt down. So no more. Yeah. McQueen owned it twice. The first time he owned it, it was white. And then he... Um, he sold it because so the sheriff was always after him. In fact, the, the sheriff in L.A. had a standing offer to his, his officers that anybody who, who can bust McQueen gets a steak dinner. They didn't get him, and it, but he was always on Mulholland driving fast. 
and he sold the car to uh, Bill Hera of the famous Hera collection up in Reno. He bought it back from Hera, painted it with British racing green, had Von Dutch do the dashboard. Nice. And Tony Nancy did the leather interior. Yeah. So you got three icons of the automotive world and two specifically of the aftermarket world. Tony was a famous dragster driver, and, and but also became a famous leather guy. And Von Dutch is Von Dutch. Yeah. Um, but that car is it's fast it's good looking it was mcqueen's it's everything that you want on it are there any future plans or programs for which we should keep an eye out for everything <laughs> that i think that we're we're about to open it um, we have on the third floor right now that no one gets to see is that essentially the history of the supercar and uh, when we finally do are able to open, we will have the uh, the complete history of the supercar so that we'll have all of the new major supercars from Pagani to you name it. They'll all be here as a part of our display. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's a Volkswagen production exhibit on how does Volkswagen build their cars. There's a Porsche uh, Le Mans exhibit upstairs in front of the Art Center College of Design. I mean, it, it's like I say, it changes quite a bit. There are a couple of major exhibits that we're looking at. One is a, a James Bond exhibit with all of his cars awesome. and, and a bunch of his mute movie props. And we're looking at, at doing that uh, this next year. Great. But there's also one on a on a, a real automotive icon who's also happens to put rockets in the air, and we're we're talking to them about doing something as well. Okay. So, <laughs> the fun part is that there are more things to do than we have time for. The ideas of what to showcase or or what can be presented is never changing. It's yeah. always always something new to, to a new idea on how to present a story. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what the music means. Our time is up. Thanks again for your time. And um, remind me the URL for the Peterson Museum. It's, uh, what is it? It's, I don't know what the URL What is the URL? <laughs> Website. What am I talking about? Why am I saying URL? Jeez Louise. What am I, some kind of IT guy? I don't think so. There you go. Now, it, it, it's Peterson. It's a, remember, it's Peter, P E T E R S E N dot org is our website. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks again and love to have you back sometime and uh, keep in touch and let us know what's going on with y'all. My great pleasure. Thank okay. you so much. Great Thank going. you. Bye-bye. Be sure to subscribe through your favorite podcast platform, whether it's SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And please let us know if you have any questions you'd like our guests to tackle or any follow-up questions. For instance, Ross from Plainwell, Michigan, wanted to know where Josh Polson and Jared Cohen, the stars of our previous episode, start when looking for employees. Both Josh and Jared said Indeed is their best starting point and like the tools available to them to better screen potential candidates. Hey, and don't forget to stay up to date on everything automotive aftermarket at theshopmag.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, adios amigos. Adios amigos.